Welcome to another podcast in our series, The Lockdown Legacy, The Community Speaks. This is brought to you by Stepping Stone Theatre for Mental Health. It's a podcast in which we talk to real people about their real lives with real stories to tell about what they went through during the compulsory lockdown enforced by COVID-19 pandemic. This is The Lockdown Legacy, The Community Speaks. Welcome to the Lockdown Legacy Project, uh, run by Stepping Stone Theatre for Mental Health, in which we talk to people in and around the West Lindsay and Lincolnshire area about the compulsory lockdown and how it made them feel. I've got a very interesting guest right now, um, someone who lives far away from our West Lindsay area, but still in the catchment of Lincolnshire, uh, and it's a lovely Yvonne who's going to tell us about her story of lockdown. Hello, Yvonne. Hello. Thank uh, you, Bill, for that. Uh, you're um, very welcome, and welcome to the Lockdown Legacy Project. Thank you for letting me speak and tell my story. Please do. What did it do for you? How did it affect you? Well, my story kind of started back in 2018. Um, my boyfriend, who I was with for uh, many years, um, had cancer, was diagnosed with cancer, so I was uh, helping support him through that, mm-hmm. um, which um, we both lived independent lives. We both had our own properties, um, so we were sort of like just getting on with um, life in general. Uh, but we knew the diagnosis straight from the beginning was going to be um, terminal, so it was always um, going going to sort of like end, if you, if you like, if that's a, a, mm-hmm. a good word describe it um at the same time my ex-husband also was diagnosed with cancer um which was my daughter's dad Mm -hmm. so uh basically from that time all my support networks were taken away from me because not only was i caring for my boyfriend but i was always i was still caring virtually for my ex-husband and we decided not to tell my daughter at that stage so I kind of like didn't have anyone to talk to, to reach out to, to actually say, oh, hold on a minute, I'm struggling here because as a parent, as a carer, you're sort of in that role and you don't automatically think that you're what you're doing. And mm-hmm. you, I just mm-hmm. took like a step back to say, how are you? Mm-hmm. How did that kind of make you feel when all of a sudden you you'd become the carer. You'd gone from being mother uh, and wife and also ex-wife in this case. How did that make you feel when you just suddenly thrust into the role of the carer? Um, I didn't even, because it was a loved one and you want to help and you want to make sure that they're doing the best, you don't actually think you're in that role as a carer, so mm-hmm. you just think, oh, I'm doing the best for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And you just put you, yourself and your feelings aside. And I don't think for, um, it was probably over a year that I actually took a step back and said to myself, oh, how are you? You know, just checking in with yourself, saying, mm-hmm. how are you with this mentally? It was just sort of like busy looking after everyone else, but not actually looking after myself. Mm-hmm. 
When did that realization kick in then? When did you start to take care of yourself? In January this year, I had a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when all the things came crashing down, I suppose, that I wasn't able to go to work. I was locking myself in the house. I was just sort of like, I can't deal with this anymore. At that stage, my boyfriend had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had reached out um, to organisations to try and ask for help. I, I uh, did approach uh, an organisation for CBT therapy and they replied to me saying it was not enough long time to deal with the bereavement, so they actually refused me. And there was other charities that I'd reached out to, but in Stanford it's a bit difficult because we're sort of, although we're Lincolnshire, we're very close to Cambridgeshire, and, and there just wasn't any resources for to help me. My daughter was getting very frustrated because there was literally nobody to help me through this, what I was going through, through this crisis. Interesting that you say that it started around about January this year uh, and none of us had a crystal ball. Uh, unbeknownst to us, we've got a lot worse to come uh, from from March onwards. Um, when you say you were trying to reach out, what kind of services did you look for, Yvonne, at that time? Um, I did try and go to a couple of mental health charities. Um, I also approached um, another well-known organisation, which I won't mention, that just sort of said, um, no, because you've only been bereaved for six months, we, we can't help you. We we don't actually think um, that you're someone that we can engage with in our services. So they didn't see you as mentally unwell, they just show you as grieving? Yes. Well, interesting enough, um, I, I discovered uh, during my research uh, when we're doing these podcasts that grief is now recognised as a mental illness. Yeah, uh, which kind of makes me wonder why they didn't—they didn't take care of you. So, sadly, you've lost your partner and you've lost your ex-husband, and you've been the carer for these men during their time of of, um, of suffering w- uh, with cancer. And then all of a sudden, we get to January, we get to February, and you're feeling mentally unwell. And then March, bump, lockdowns, and coronavirus. How did that manifest itself with your mental illness? I had actually got a referral to um, the social prescriber. So I don't know if anyone really... Sometimes social prescribing is not always out there and people really don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So social prescribing is um, putting you in touch with someone that can like help you redefine what's important to you. Mm-hmm. So it's person-centred care. Um, it's a non-medical approach. So they just try and offer you like a support plan that can help you take back choices to make you make the right choices and decisions, offer, uh, set goals and put you in contact with organisations that might be able to help you, like volunteering um, and those sort of things. So I was in contact with my social prescriber. Luckily, that happened before lockdown came. So we did have a plan of what my forward goals were going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and um, social prescribing, what, what, what do they do? I mean, what is the process when you're going to see a social prescriber? 
you go into your social subscriber and you're not telling your story over and over again, which is what I got frustrated from is that every place I was trying to get help from, it was telling the same story over and over again. So you, you will go there and you will speak to uh, your social prescriber. I mean, Sonia, who was my link worker, was absolutely amazing. Um, and you just go there and you tell your story, but you only tell it once. It's not like you're going over the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then you look about what's important to you. What do you want to do? What matters to you? And so we had sort of like a, a plan in mind. Um, so it was sort of like there's a charity in Stanford called Mindspace, and that is uh, founded by uh, Dr. Dan, who um, in Stanford he's a very well known advocate for mental health. So he does lots. He does a lot of uh, work for people that are suffering from mental illness, but where you can go and connect with other people in a safe place. So mm-hmm. boxing classes, they run um, art classes, yoga. Um, so that was sort of like one of the one of the starting points which we looked at and volunteering. Um, but then obviously, yeah, we went. Uh, we did actually go in lockdown, so uh, it kind of threw the plan a bit out the window. But what they do, what I'm hearing is that they kind of give you alternatives to medication and uh, medical treatments. They say, why don't you go and volunteer? Why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? Um, It was all about, uh, social prescribing is all about doing positive activities. Um, So Sonia said to me, oh, we're setting up a... um, digital platform we're trying to design an app for people for social prescribing did you want to join that and i was sort of like a bit apprehensive that um struggling to go out not really interacting with people um so yeah i joined this and it was only for an hour a week um but it sort of gave me something back it was sort of like that sense of belonging Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden my voice was heard and it was sort of like oh actually people might be interested in in listening to what I've got to say so it was like such a positive experience and a lot of this has been through the everyone charity um so Vicky uh Thompson she facilitates all the meetings and so yeah I got involved in that and sort of like been studying online doing a lot of um courses and just trying to like be more aware of what mental health issues are mm-hmm. were you on any medication at this time did the, the 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 white coats give you any kind of medication i did have some antidepressants but i didn't feel that that was really helping me mm-hmm. i also did quite a lot of work um did a lot of courses with um lincolnshire recovery college which is just about improving your own mental health and well-being and just getting out there and doing things, just trying to, like, stay active, I think, was most important and trying to make sure that I was, like, being the best I could because a lot of the time I found that my support network was totally taken away from me Mm -hmm. because they I was close to... um, 
has suddenly gone, and now I'm here alone. But yeah. During that that time during lockdown, you said that obviously the one to one was at the stop, and everybody couldn't uh, go and see people. But you were doing these apps, and you were doing these courses, uh, an hour a day or whatever. Did you find that they were really helpful during that time that you were on your own in the house? Yeah, it gave me something to focus on. Um, and my a social prescriber should be in regular contact with me and um yeah so it was sort of like an interesting journey so i've done lots of um made lots of adjustments um and you know kept active and now we sort of came out of lockdown and um i started boxing i'm volunteering well, well, well i want to take a step backwards you started boxing yeah that was through the mind space charity yeah so that was uh, quite good. So yeah, I've been boxing twice a week, but unfortunately now we're in lockdown too. So that has sort of like uh, taken a bit of a step back. Um, how fantastic. Yeah. How f- I've spoke to a lot of people on podcasts about their journey through the lockdown. And you're the first one that said, I've taken up boxing. Well, at 48, taking up boxing is sort of like, it's a, it's a good way to get rid of uh, uh, the, the stress. Um, but I've also signed up for um, the NHS. They're running a peer leadership. Mm-hmm. So I've signed up for um, to do a peer leadership training program. So I've done step one, and hopefully um, I will be able to support other people that have um, mental health issues. So during this time... Uh, with due respect, Yvonne, a lot of good things have come out of it for you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It has been, uh, it was a very hard journey. Um, but I think the thing is that all through that time that I didn't realise I was unwell because you don't always realise and think, oh, I'm mentally feeling unwell never checked in with myself and sort of said you know how are you doing how important is it for you to Mm. be where you are because you spend so much time being a carer being a parent you're always looking after everyone else and you never take a step back and go look how are you absolutely and that's sometimes very very difficult when you've been thrust in the position of carer without even realizing it uh which i think happened to you with your both your ex-husband and your husband at the time uh and you sound as though you've built up some incredible resilience uh Yvonne if I may say so one of the things I do ask when I talk to people on our lockdown legacy podcasts um is what kind of one hint or tip would you recommend to people who are going through the the, the some of the issues that you went through uh, the January February March April time uh, pre-lockdown with your mental health, what would you recommend people try or have a go at? I would say is just take a step back and make sure that you're okay because we don't do that enough. We're just so busy with sort of doing other things. We're looking after other people and we never take a step back and say, you know, how are you actually? How are you dealing with this situation? And 
with the work that I've been doing and helping up setting up the um, digital platform and other projects I've been working on, um, it's about small voices. So sometimes you don't actually think your voice is important mm-hmm. and won't listen. But you know, sometimes all small voices together can make quite pretty big loud noises. <laughs> and a lot of projects that I'm working on with everyone is um, is actually having an impact. It's in improving people's mental health mm-hmm. and it's improving personalised care within the NHS. So you suggest stand up and and let your voice be heard. Definitely. One of the things I, I do tend to ask as well during our podcast, if, uh, as you know, my name is Bill, if Bill suddenly appeared uh, down your street with a microphone in his hand saying, come and be on our podcast and tell your story, what would you say to them, Yvonne? I would say definitely do it. I was a bit apprehensive. I'm a bit sort of worried about putting my story out there. But if it can help someone, then to me, that is the work that I'm doing at the moment. Um, and that's important. You know, you need to find out what matters to you and put your voice out there and be heard. And that's what you started. You're starting that revolution, and one day we're going to have the biggest choir in the world. With exactly. Lots of people singing. I'd just like to say thank you ever so much for your time and your openness and honesty, Yvonne. And uh, hopefully our paths may one day cross when I become one of those voices stood next to you on that platform. That would be nice. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you ever so much for yours. Take good care. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye. So there we have it, a very honest and open podcast from Yvonne about the death of her partner and her ex-husband. Very tragic, very moving, but how resilient she fought back and came out the other side. And also during lockdown, her advice to everyone... Take some time for yourself, because we do find ourselves sometimes put in the position of care without even realising it. Take some time for yourself. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to take part, then do. Just drop me a line at ask at thelockdownlegacy.co.uk. Ask at thelockdownlegacy.co.uk. And you never know, next time it could be you that I'm talking to about your story during the lockdown.